So the order of business tonight is the Holy Nesiva Shalom, the Slonim Rebbe, Parashas Titzave, we're on page Reishud Beis, 212. And we're not going to go through the entire piece inside, but we're going to summarize the different segments, the theme that he wants to develop in the context of understanding, of appreciating the menorah. The menorah alderech hachasidus, according to the path of Hasidus. Although some would say the Nesiva Shalom is like Hasidus light, but it's for our level, it's very good. So he begins with the first Pasuk in the parsha, right-hand column, bottom of Reishud Beis. Va'ata tetzave es b'nei Yisrael, v'yikru elecha shemen zayizach kasis lamor l'ha'alos ner tamid. So this is a very beautiful Pasuk, just in general, the fact that it is in second person, va'ata, it's speaking to us. I didn't have a chance, my day was very hectic today, but maybe on my way home I'll call my brother. I have a very strong connection to this pasuk, to this, because it was always this time of year that we would go visit my grandparents in Florida, and we would go down to Collins Avenue, and there was one old European Yid who would read this parsha? We were almost always there, parshas Truma Tetzave, and he had a particular accent that my brother and I always found was hilarious. So we would always make fun of it, and always, I won't do it for you right now because you wouldn't appreciate. But when I call my brother, we will definitely make fun of his Eastern European accent. I hear it right now. What's it? That's right. In the Carriage Club South, he should rest in peace. You should command the Jewish people v'yikhoelecha, and you should take for yourself shemen zayisach. Pure olive oil, kasis lamor, which is crushed for illuminating, lahaalos ner, to raise up a light, a candle, a lamp, tamid. Always. So the word tamid, always, is what the Slonimer wants to focus on in this passage. What is the significance of the fact that the menorah, the candelabra, that seven branch piece of furniture in the Mishkan, that that was meant to be Tamid. That's what he wants to understand. What is the significance of Laha'alos Ner Tamid? So of course, on a practical level, Tamid means that it needs to be lit every day. According to some opinions in the Rishonim, it's lit constantly, even in the morning, in the evening and in the morning, to keep the light going. The Ner Ma'aravi, the westernmost lamp that had a miraculous continuity to it, so that's, that's the, even on Shabbos, yes? That's the simple understanding. But he wants to understand what is the deeper meaning that va'ata, when you read this Pasuk, you connect it, even today, that there's an Indian, there's a theme, there's a meaning of the fact that it's got to be Tamid. That's the first question that he asks. And he bolsters this idea that it's going to be Tamid from a Medrash in the beginning of Parshas Baha Aloscha, when the command is given to Aaron, to actually light the menorah. So Rashi quotes, so he quotes it from Chazal, a tradition that Aaron felt somehow diminished after the inauguration of the Mishkan. You know, 12 tribes offered korbanos, they offered sacrifices for 12 days. And which tribe was not represented? The tribe of Levi, Aaron Akoin, Shevet Levi. So Aaron, the Medrash says, Chol Shadaito, Literally means he became weak of mind. 
he was insulted. So the Rebbe said to him, don't worry, Shalacha Gedola Mishalahem. Your contribution is going to be greater than their contribution. How so? You're going to have Baalos The last portion was Parshas Naso. That's where we talked about all the Karbonos of the Nisim, as the Bali Kriya here. No, it's repetitive. It's exactly the same for each of the 12 tribes. And then you introduce the Kohen who was responsible for the menorah. It happens to be, just parenthetically, because I see Yishai there is thinking the Rambam's opinion is that the Kohen doesn't have to light the menorah, he has to do Atavas and menorah. We're going to leave that aside for the moment, because I know that's what you're thinking, the Rambam's Shita, but let's assume that the Rambam will also somehow get squared with this. He's going to take care of the menorah. Even if he's not going to light it, he's going to take care of it. So the question is, he says, wait a second, when, when the Beis HaMikdash is around, the Beis HaMikdash is standing, Beis HaMikdash is Kayam, so then I can understand, Aaron is going to have the, he's going to have the lights of the menorah, but what happens when the Beis HaMikdash is going to be destroyed? So what does it mean, Aaron, you're going to have a greater portion than they are, your portion is going to last longer, your portion is going to last longer, but when the Beis HaMikdash is unfortunately taken away from us, so what's it mean? It's going to last longer. It's not going to be a menorah just like there isn't going to be any korbanos. So this is a well-known Dvar Torah that relates to Hanukkah, because the Ramban connects this with the Megillah Storm that it relates to Hanukkah. But he wants to suggest a different answer based on a Tanchum in the beginning of Baal Oscha. You ready for this? Second-hand column. Again, we're halfway down. Yesh Yashi based on a Medrash Tanchuma, Tikishinechra based Hamikdash Nignazaha Menorah. The Menorah was hidden away when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. First one, assumably, because the second one they hauled off the road. That's a tr- tradition that Titus took it away. Well, they have, they have the, the arch. arch. Yeah. And what went with it? The Aron, third to last line, the Aish, the miraculous fire, Ruach HaKodesh. This is after the first Beis HaMikdash. There was no more spirit of the Rebbe Shlolem to illuminate the, the Urim V'tumim. V'hakruvim and the Kruvim. So he wants to understand what is the significance of this. Because we said it's got to be Tamid, it's going to be forever. And now he's telling me that, don't worry, the menorah still exists even after the Beis HaMikdash was dismantled, was destroyed. So what is the significance? What is the meaning that the menorah is extant even in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash? So open the packet. Left side is Reisha Gimel. He quotes, go down to this, maybe let's say, 47% of the way down this paragraph. He quotes a medrash. The first word on the line is Shivas. The Rabboni Shalom, as it were, needed, needed to sit with people at candlelight. As it says in Pasuk, Opposite the face of the menorah, it should illuminate. So he says, I don't understand. What does this mean? Because it says, that Hashem wanted to sit with us, candlelight. What does that, what does that mean? 
Now we understand, of course, that the light of the menorah is different than regular light, and we'll discuss it in a little more detail, but the Pasuk says that the, in the Navi, it says, I think we just read it in last week's Haftorah, it was chalonos shkufim atumim, that the menorah illuminated outward. And it's like, lahavdol, we're sitting and having a candlelight dinner, us and the Rabbana Shalom. But what does that have to do with the Pasuk of El Mul Peneha Menorah, to the face of the menorah? That's what he wants to understand. So here is the explanation. And this explanation, when you process it, when you think about it, is going to be relevant to the menorah in the Mikdash. It's going to be very relevant, Mir Hashem, whenever Hanukkah comes around next time, because you'll think about this, because that's also an union of or and menorah. And it's going to be relevant to Shabbos. But he says, look at this Gemara. I'm in the bottom paragraph, right-hand side, Reisha Gimel. V'yesh lomar, and let's explain it. Dihine amru chazal, our sages taught us, or shabara hakadosh baruch hu b'yom rishon, when the Rabbanu Shalom said, v'yehi or, and he created light for all of us, for existence, for humanity, adam tsofa umabit bo, mi sofa olam v'ad sofo. The light was so bright, it was of such a quality that Adam Arishon could see from one end of the earth to the other end. That is the inyan, that's the aspect, the definition, the quality of this light. So I'll ask you, what, is, what do you mean by that? That the light was so bright, like you go to Home Depot and they give you different lumens. You have daylight, you have soft white, and then you have or of the Shashis Mebracious light, which is so strong, you could see, is that, is that the Pshad? It's outside Daniel Schwartz's uh, driveway. Is that, is that what it is? It lasts forever. <laughs> so obviously, this is not a natural physical light. This is something spiritual that the Medrash is trying to explain to us that Adam, living in this spiritual realm, in this space, everything was clear to him. The whole world made sense. There's even a tradition that Adam Rishon, Zez Sefer told us Adam, Adam Rishon could see not just the span of one part of the world to the other, one part of life. He saw Zez Sefer, he saw the whole line of destiny from his generation till the end, to the coming of Mashiach, to the Tikkun. Because he lived in a place where, if, imagine if you saw this or everything was clear. It made sense, all the things that to us seem like they're one end and the other end. They don't, they don't jive in any way. He saw how it all fit together. This was the clarity of this spiritual light. But what happened? The Rebona Shalom says the Medrash, when God saw that the wicked people should not utilize it, he took that light and he was gonies it. He hid it. And he hid it away for the righteous in the world to come. So this spiritual supernal light is waiting for the world to come. Now just to understand this line, what does it mean that the Rebbe made the light and then he saw that it wasn't fitting for the Rishayim and then he hid it away? Well, what does it not mean? It does not mean that the Rabbana Shalom changed his mind. 
he had an idea, and then he saw it didn't really work out, because there's no such thing as changing your mind. Obviously what it means is, like many other things in the mysteries of creation, the Rebbe wanted things to be developing or layering. The same way that the Rebbe created many worlds. Some suggest the reason why you have fossils is because the Medrash says the Rebbe was bona olomos umacharivan. Why did he do that? Because for some reason he wanted the world to develop in a certain way. Or there was first, all of Amachshava, the world should exist in the realm of judgment. That was the first concept. And then he introduced the concept of compassion. So it's not that the Rebbe changed his mind. It's that the Rebbe set a foundation, that there should be a spiritual perfect world. But then by creating all of us and the whole reality, there's a hiddenness of God. There's the potential for, you talk Purim Katan, Amalek, the denial of God, for people to reject humanity and the divine spark in every person. There's, there's room for Russia. So the Baruch says, the way the world is going to work is there's going to be Or Ein Sof, and then I'm going to take away that Or Ein Sof. Take it away, or... And what am I going to do with it? I'm going to take it away, it hide it. Constrict. It says Ganaz, hidden. Where am I going to put it? I'm going to bottle it up and put it away for the world to come. Ah. And he proves that this uh, concept from a Pasuk in Yeshaya going over to the top of the second column. So first, we had the creation of that spiritual ore. We needed that. Then we needed that ore to be hidden away. Great. Nothing could exist without the first ore, but then it had to be hidden away. But, says the Slonimer, and this is the, this is the beautiful idea. It's true, it is hidden away. But what happens when you hide something in your house? Sometimes you find it. Yeah. Especially if you have people in your house who are looking for it, they may find it. If you're not looking for it, you generally won't find it if it's hidden very well. But if somebody makes it their business to look for it, they're going to find it. So, he alludes to a medrash here, which is developed by Rav Chaim Yaakov Goldvich, was the founding Rosh Hashiva of Karen Biyavna, who has a beautiful essay about this in the topic of Hanukkah, which is not tonight's topic, it's related. One place that it was nignaz is in the Torah Shabal Peh, the oral Torah. The oral Torah takes work. You have to, you have to like struggle to... You, know, you have to, like in the Talmud Bavli, you're struggling in darkness. It's mamachshakim. You can't even see. You have to work hard. It's like, lahavdil, imagine banging stones together. There's more to say about that. Adam Arisha, Motsoi Shabbos, he was banging stones together. You got light. So one place you want to find the light of Hashem, the eternal, supernal light, you'll find it in the Torah, in the in the, specifically, in the Amal, in the working hard, and finding it in Torah Shabbat Peh, in the oral tradition. That's one place where you're going to find it. So he talks about that, the Ameli Torah, in the end of the paragraph. But then he says, in the next paragraph, there's another place to find it. Where are we going to find it? V'hine, Beis left-hand column, 
bottom of Reisha Gimel. The Beis HaMikdash, Haya Inyano, its topic, its issue was, L'Romimus Klal Yisrael, to elevate Klal Yisrael, Ulakadsho, and to sanctify him, Bikdusha Olyona, through the service, through the furniture in the Mikdash, through the whole experience of being in the base of Mikdash, we were elevated. When you went to the base of Mikdash, it's almost like you were taken out of the limitations of this world. That's why miraculous things happened there all the time. There was a fire going on, an outdoor altar. It didn't go out when it rained. In Yerushalayim, it could rain. It didn't go out. People came there, nobody felt nauseous because of the sacrifices. Mishnah says, pregnant women even, who are oftentimes very sensitive to smell, it didn't disturb them at all. And all kinds of other miracles. Because you were transcending the limitations of this world. So he says, the Inyan, the theme of the menorah was, Shabo Nignaz, Umimena Nishba, or Haganos Hakaroshazeh. The menorah was where this special light was also hidden. The Beis HaMikdash is like a microcosm of Olam Haba. That's why the Beis HaMikdash and Shabbos have what to do in common. We'll see in a second. The Mikdash and Shabbos, one is in the union of space, spatially, location, ge- geographically. The, the other one is in terms of time, temporally. These are spaces that transcend the limitations of this world, of this world. And that means they're illuminated by the Or Haganas, by the hidden light. How's the menorah light hidden? <coughs> so on one level, it's hidden because it's inside the Kodesh. You can't see it. But on the next level, he's going to say, wait a second, the same way that the Kruvim were put away and the Aish was put away, and the Ruach HaKodesh is put away. All these things are all not physical. They're all transcendent. He says the menorah was put away. Because the truth is, you could have asked, why they put away the menorah and not the Shulchan? What does the menorah have to do with these other things? Well, these other things are all beyond the physical world. It says that the menorah represents and captures in some way that light, that ore, which you don't see on the outside. Nobody would see it. And the Shulchan was... Prosperity. Good. It's really earthliness. Yes. Whereas the menorah was the light of Torah. Exactly. So it's related to this same idea of Torah Shabal Peh. By the way, all right, now, now this is already a little bit on the deeper side for, you know, this is beyond my understanding, but the Rosh Shiva Zatzal points out in that piece, if you think Aldemar Rishon had 36 hours of light that he experienced because he was created on Friday and then Unfortunately, because he did what he did, the light was going to go out. But it wasn't right. Friday night, the light should go out on Shabbos. It's not, it's not respectful to Shabbos. So the original or lasted all Friday, all Friday night, all Shabbos. And then Motzoi Shabbos, what happened? The Rebbe Shalom said, lights out, kids. Lights over. So that's why you say Borimir Ori Ho'esh on Saturday night, because Adam Rishon, according to the Medrash, he had to get something going. So he took stones, he knocked them together, and he got fire. So you say Borimir Ori Ho'esh. How many lights do you kindle every Hanukkah? Halachically, how many lights do you kindle? Eight. Halachically? No. Yeah, in the aggregate, how many? 
44, including that's what they sell you in the box because they want to sell you a shamish. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's right. So how many hours did the ore? 36 hours. Because we said that the ore was nignaz after 36 hours of use. So it's hidden in the menorah, which is perpetuated every Hanukkah. And Hanukkah, of course, is the holiday of Torah Shabal Peh. Because it's the Indian of the second base of Mikdash. So now he says, Mamish amazing. So he says, What's the pshat? El mul penei hamenora, yairu shiva saneros. That Rebosham says, Oh, we're going to have to have candlelight dinner together. El mul penei, what does that have to do with anything? So he says, Penei, in this context, face, what you see on someone's face is a reflection of what's happening on their penim, on their inside. So the penei hamenora is the inside of the menorah, it's the representation of the original light. So it's as if we are sitting with the Rebosham, El Mul Panei HaMenorah. We're sitting opposite the inside of the menorah. So God says, we need to have a, a candlelight dinner. And in that respect, in this idea, the concept of Tamid is that it is in perpetuity. The Or Haganos, that hidden light, it didn't go away. It's always there. It's permanent. It's just hard to find. You just don't see it every day. You have to look for it. But if you look for it, you could find it. You're going to find it in the Beis HaMikdash. You're going to find it in Torah Shabal Peh. And now go to the last note. Go to Reisha Dalid. Where do you find it today? Says the Slonimer very beautifully in Oz Beis Vahine. Keshachar Beis HaMikdash. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Lo Batal HaOr HaKadosh this holy light was not canceled. Sheheir b'menorah, that illuminated the menorah. Sheka'amor, like we said, ein la'olam kiyum biladav. There is no existence to the world without the hidden light, without the presence of the Rebona Shalom. V'hu nimshach al yedei ha-shabbos. And this is continued in our day, in our lives, through Shabbos. In what way? Shabbat, through Shabbos, misgale haor haganos. Through Shabbos, the hidden light is revealed. How does he know that? Quotes a medrash. Bracious Rabbah, al-apostle, the apostle says, Vayavarech Elokimis yom What is it that is a bracha of the seventh day? Bercho beor. He blessed it with light. What light? Of course, the Or Haganos, the hidden light of God. And he quotes the Zohar HaKadosh. You have to explain this to me because I don't understand Zohar's. De'iu Or Kadma'a, that is the light that we have on Shabbos. That is the Or Kadmon, the original light, De'hava B'yom Kadma'a, that was on the first day, De'miyoma De'Shabbosa, on the day of Shabbos, Nehirin Inun ma'ore or. That this is the illumination of that or. And buckle your safety belts. <laughs> says the Balaturim, Ner Tumid is the Gematria Bishabbos. Uah, there you have it. So every Shabbos, and this is not surprising then, that one of the mitzvahs of Shabbos, of course, is to light candles. And that nair is tamid. And if you look, 
There's a lot of expansion of this theme about the, the presence of their Bolshem that comes in when you light Shabbos candles in the Sefer from Reb Chaim Chernovitz on Shabbos. He expands on this deep Kabbalistic ideas that I don't really understand. But now we come back to the beginning and you say, When is that Tamid? That Tamid is Taka any time. It's when the Beis HaMikdash is Kayim and it's even when the Beis HaMikdash is not Kayim. It's through the or of Torah, specifically Torah Shabal Peh, the oral tradition when you have to work hard, but it's also through the or of Shabbos. So when you imagine the model of a person's home on Shabbos, so you have a shulchan, which has chalas on it, so it's like the, the, it's like the shulchan, it's also like the mezbeach, and then you have the candles, which according to most, at least one dimension of Shabbos candles is that should make your suda nice, it shouldn't be dark, you should be able to enjoy your own Shabbos. But in a certain sense, it's almost like lahalos ner tamid, you're bringing the presence of their boshom into your Shabbos meal. It's not coincidence, of course, that Shabbos is the seventh day and there are seven lights. And the Ner Maravi, the central light, that's El Mul where everything is focused on Shabbos. You have three days before Shabbos, preparing for Shabbos. You have three days after Shabbos. You're going to still say, you know, Havdola theoretically until Tuesday. But in the center of that, El Mul the presence of Hashem, that Pnei that's the Kedusha of Shabbos. That's the Or Hagonas. That's the Or that existed. Bishashis, you may Bereshis. And then you should have Torah. The, the, exactly. Exactly. Right, and if we're behaving the way we should, we each have a chalak alokai mamish. We're all peace of Hashem. So you tap now into you that Or Hagonas. Yeah. Hey, Mishem, 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 Mishem,